So welcome to Pop Culture Roulette for all your pop culture needs. We're America's Podcast. Okay, today's going to be a little bit of a different episode. Uh, I'm joined by Ryan, um, my, I guess for lack of a better description, my cousin. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I mean, without getting too detailed into the who's where and how far down the list, because I think it's like quasi- Technically, cousin once removed or twice removed. Oh, it's but yeah, yeah. I'm not even. I'm third, I had to, third I just cousin, fourth to, cousin. Just, yeah, I just talked to my mom and she told me, but I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to say cousin. It's just easier. So relative. we're joined by we're jo- <laughs> relative. relative. So we're joined by Ryan Duncan, um, who has recently published a book, um, and he he has a bit of a circuitous route to get to that book. So we're we're going to talk about that for a little bit because eh. I, I am interested in the book and unfortunately I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Um, one That's of okay. the I, okay. I will I will get to maybe it this point, can but... spark maybe yeah maybe this can spark your interest to, to actually get to the reading product. But yeah. what what I'm I mean I'm interested in the book and and I'd like to hear about it. But what I didn't know is that you started your own publishing company. Yes. Yes. Um, so that was. That was the goal all along. So, I mean, the, the book started uh, real, actually realistically working on the book itself, where I was putting chapters together, um, started about 12, 13 years ago. Um, but in a sense, it, it's a project that I've been working on, I think, since I was in probably middle school or, or, or you know, junior high best, where I was like writing like character information, like coming up with like like total like background outline stuff that had no context it was just like here's a cool world where this person exists and this is going on um but even from the moment i first started writing the the chapters the first few words of the first few chapters of the book um publishing it myself and creating specifically creating my own publishing company was always the goal um i went to a number of of like writing conferences and stuff and actually uh worked alongside some agents like like met agents talked with them learned the process of of what it is to you know to submit a query a a pitch pitch a book um to an agent and the process that goes in with the agent going to an editor getting editors to take hold of it getting to the actual publishing company like all those steps trying to learn about the process of the publishing companies knowing that i I never was actually going to submit it. I've, I've not like, the, I mean, this book that is out now, um, I didn't, it's not something that like it got rejected so many times and I tried to do it. And I was like, you know, it's hell if I'll do it on my own. Okay. I didn't submit a single one. I mean, this was, the goal was always to, to build my own publishing company um, with the eventual goal. I mean, to, to grow that company into something um, much more and to ideally be, um, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what that actually looks like yet, but something that can kind of bridge the gap between traditional publishing and self-publishing. Um, to grow it to the point, something that has a, a platform that, that can actually, you know, reach out and expand out um, to a large scale. Because if you look at, I mean, you look at, of course, your your big four, big five uh, publishers, any any book that they have, if, if Penguin Random House publishes any book, it's in every bookstore in right. existence automatically because it's because it's Penguin Random House. Um, so to be able to eventually grow a company to to have that platform where if you do a book, 
it, it can be picked up. It will be picked up by any bookstore, um, but then still have the the small independent and self-publishing route of we're going to um, to consider open queries. Like I don't, I don't want to use the agent system of you've got to go find an agent who can then come find an editor who, you know, find us like the like six degrees of separation between the writer trying to come up with this and finally getting to the publishing company. Um, so that, that's the, that was always the goal was to eventually um, grow to that point and continue growing. And ideally, I mean, I would love for it to, to reach beyond that and, and to become um, an entire entertainment uh, company that can create things uh, more directly entwined with the, the creators in mind, with the people who are writing these stories. Um, I think all of, for me, all of, any medium starts with a writer, whether it's a, you know, whether it's video games, music, movies, um, books, of course, obviously, like it all comes, it all starts with someone having an idea, a story, a narrative that they want to tell. Um, so I, I want to very much find some way, figure out some way to, uh, to grow to a point that we can give more writers that people into people that are coming up with these stories and creating these worlds, the opportunity to, to share that with the world and not have to go through, I mean, the absolute arduous gauntlet that is trying to, to get a work created, whether it's music, whether it's film, anything. I mean, you know, you've got you've got artists that thankfully, thanks to the Internet now, like, you know, musicians can actually upload stuff to to SoundCloud and, and, and catch a break that way. But you look at those. I mean, you've got screenplays that will sit on a desk for a decade, two decades, yeah. never, never about to becoming a film. I'm like the perfect uh, squid game that is, is now blown up and it's become the biggest thing on planet earth. The, the writer for that originally wrote in like 2007, 2009, like got declined from everything. No one wanted to pick it up and it's set for over a decade with the guy just like still trying, still pitching. I, I read an anecdote uh, recently. I mean, I think he like had to like sell his laptop uh, at some point to just like to have money to, to be able to, you know, pay for bills and everything. And then, and then finally it gets picked up and it's like, look at this, good game is amazing. So like something to yeah. try and try and make that less of a, of a, like an impossible battle that it is. I mean, you've got some people that of course create works and then they never see the light of day. They never get published or they never get turned into a film. They just sit. Um, and some of them don't need to, I realize, you know, like some of them, some of them may suck. Sometimes you just don't have a good idea. I realize there's yeah. that too. Well, it's and, not. <laughs> and given how many content providers there are nowadays, it's, it's amazing to see how hard it still is to get your, still, your, yes. your, your product out there. I mean, I guess there's still the the old way of doing it with, like you said, going through the agent. I've never had to do that because I've never come up with an idea worth sitting down and trying to figure that out. But I'm not sure if I've come up with an idea worth sitting down and trying to figure out yet either. But maybe. But yeah. So, um, all right. Well, that's. I mean, that's fascinating. So, I mean, ultimately, the the goal was to to start the publishing company, and you just happened to come up with a book that you know came along with it. Yes. Um, yeah. So that what, could kind of be the, ideally the, you know, the spearhead first, you know, first step on the, uh, on the journey for that. So, I mean, I've seen the, the cover of the book, how exactly, I think I know how you pronounce it, but how, how is the, what is the correct pronunciation? Uh, it is, it is Edonia. Um, Edonia. Okay. Edonia, um, which is uh, originally comes from, it's a play on Eden. Um, was where it originally got its name from, uh, the Garden of Eden, that uh, that humanity was uh, kicked out of, according to the Christian faith. Um, but it, and and it was a play on that. It was it was 
nothing more than just taking that and creating a, a word from it. Um, but uh, yeah, so Edonia grew from the Garden of Eden, a simple, small place in existence as like a pocket reality, um, and then grew over time to become a city, to become a world, to become a, a cosmos-spanning civilization. Yeah, because I, I saw that you had, you said you had planned on doing like six to eight of these books or... Yeah. Yes. Six to eight from the way that it's currently. And, and more, more than that, realistically, it's probably looking closer to eight from where things are trending, but also probably every piece of fiction that I write for the entirety of my life will be in some way tied back to this. Um, I'm not, that's not a dead set thing, but at least where I sit now, um, this is, this is my middle earth. Um, it's like this, this world is a world that I just want to, to live in and tell more stories in and expand indefinitely. Kind of like Stephen King's castle rock where, you know, everything at some point kind of interconnects kind of interconnects. Yeah. There there are some other, there's other things I would like to write um, that I have that are, are not in the like sci-fi, like heavy sci-fi fantasy genres, the way that this one, Um, but I still feel like there will always be, just some some overlap in some way okay um so i mean we'll we'll circle back to it again just to give you you know but uh where like since you're not uh you know a traditional publisher where would one find this book i mean um amazon yeah i was gonna say that's the 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 upside of so that that is a fortune sign you know you talk about the changes in the publishing industry and the way that it's functioned it is it's much easier to self-publish or even do it which technically realistically what i did is self-publish i created a publishing company i have an llc there is you know there is a a we have a, a website, we have trademarks, you know, we own all of that stuff, but it's just me at the end of the day, largely, okay. and, and the help of some very um, essential key individuals who have helped me and assisted me at various points, you know, helping me create the fonts, helping me do some of the design work, some of the website work. Um, but the book-wise, I mean, it's self-published. I went out and found the platforms with which to do all of the stuff and research all the channels, but there's a ton of methods. So like, um, Direct publishing right now, it is direct published uh, digitally through Amazon Kindle. So the only ebook version that is currently available is Kindle because I'm using, um, they have they have a program where if you keep it exclusive to them, you get some, some perks uh, for the early on. So I started there with that as a platform that will be transitioning probably at the first of the year. Um, first of the, the new year, so 2022 at this okay. point now. Um, and it will be available on all ebook platforms. Um, but that's just something that I've been, keeping that to the side, keeping it exclusive with them for the time being to get in some, some perks with, uh, with Amazon. Um, and then, but you can also purchase the physical version. If you're not an ebook person and you don't want to go Kindle route, if you don't like Kindle, the physical version, the uh, hardback is available through Amazon as well, as well as Barnes and Noble um, on their, on their website. Um, okay. Physical, physical stores. It's still only in local stores here in, okay. in my state. Um, I'm working with that as I go is, is reaching out to uh, individual independent bookstores to get that, but you can order it on, um, like I said, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, I think Books a Million's website has it on their website. And oh, then okay. there's a number of others because the way it is. So I work with um, a distributor and printer called Ingram Spark. Um, so it's another thing they have, and they're just one of a number of different ones, but they, they're a printing company that also functions as a distributor. So they can do print on demand. So like they have the entire manuscript set up and formatted through them. 
the books don't get made until someone, either an individual ordering them online or a bookstore orders some, then they get made, printed, bound, and shipped out to that person or that bookstore. Okay, so that um, um, that's nice. I mean, I guess that's the advantage of today's modern world is that, like, yes, you don't have you don't have to print a, a certain run to just get the it, book even. Exactly. Yeah, you don't have to do a, a you know a ten thousand book run hoping and praying to God that it's going to sell a single copy. Okay. You can do that print on demand. Um, the downside for that, it, I mean, being candid just, to, you know, about the, the downside is, I mean, the, the printing cost is much higher when you're doing it, you know, as a one-off, if I were to order, you know, say, Hey, I want to order a 10,000 book run or, and this is how it works for traditional publishers. Uh, you know, again, you know, use a, a penguin random house or a little Brown or any of those like that. They'll, they'll do a first book run. It's like, all right, we're going to do, you know, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 preprints of this. And then it's like each book is a couple of dollars because they've ordered so many that printing companies are like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. Well, you know, we'll we'll charge you $3 a book to print that or whatever the cost may be. Um, And so then they they make a ton of money on each individual book that goes out. For myself, any self-publishers, you know, independent publishers that are doing small-scale print on demand, um, the, the print cost, shifts dramatically um and it isn't still like it's not a crazy money-making thing by any means you, uh but it, it it's it's kind of one of those things is you have the access and the ability to do it so while while it may not be um nearly as like financially uh productive as if a traditional publisher were to do it the access is there like you you have access to a market that realistically 10, 15 years ago, you just did not have access to. I mean, especially if you look at like, even what you're able to do with eBooks now, um, with digital books, Kindle, Barnes and Noble has a, a publishing platform through them as well. It's like 15 years ago, it, that just wasn't even an option. You couldn't, you physically could not do that. Yeah, that's, that's really good. All right. So um, why don't you give me just a, a quick description of the the book, just so we, we know where we're you know, standing. Cause uh you know, I, I think you would probably do a much better job than I would, especially <laughs> since you wrote it and I haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I don't know that I always, always struggle to, uh, to describe my own work. So the, the nature of the story starts out, it is a, um, it's an urban fantasy like setting, um, starts out in, in real world America. I actually set the book, um, in, in its final draft format, I set it in the state of Arkansas, where I'm originally from and, and where I live now. It's moved locations a number of times, but um, it's a very, I think, a realistic, just simple human tale of uh, individuals who are, are going off to college. They're actually, in this case, the, uh, there's three friends, Aaron, uh, Allie, and Rachel, who are going to get their graduate degrees and moving away from home for the first time. So this is their first journey out of the home and into the the, the bigger world beyond, even if it is still uh, much, much smaller than as big as the world can get. Um, but it's the uh, the tale of them, and they come in contact uh, as soon as they move to to their new city away from home. Um, they come in contact with a family with some very very uh, different beliefs uh, and and a, and a different outlook on life. That's also very enigmatic in a sense that they're ostentatious to to a high degree and un- unapologetically so, but also still very like. Um, like humble, I don't know if humble is the right word, but um, very nonchalant about it. Like they, they, they have um, absolutely opulent wealth and influence and connections, but, uh, but don't really flaunt it and kind of seem to like exist 
in in the shadows in a sense that that they don't really like that as I mean, you have to just see as you read the book i mean like it comes to find out i mean like they own you know like half the town basically but nobody knows who they are like you can't find information on them anywhere so it's a really strange event it's like this very seem to be seem to be nice and and you know pleasant uh, family that's very well to do but completely disconnected from anything going on in the reality and then you come to figure out that they believe in a much different outlook on life which is that um, our world was actually created uh, in the process that you know we dub as the big bang or if you um, choose to go with um, uh, various creation theories in in different religions you know whatever it is the story that you tell our our world was created actually as a, a cast off of a much larger world um, and is part of a, a much larger cosmos beyond our own. And so it, it seeks to tie in a number of um, really the first book as it is Edonia creation is all of the terms that humans have come up with for creation. Um, okay. We, whether it's, you know, whether it's Christianity, you know, my, my own personal faith, um, or it's uh, any, any Eastern philosophies, whether you look at, you know, you look back as far as Greek mythology um, and you look as far into the future, you know, modern scientific theories with the big bang, like humans are constantly trying to answer the question, where do we come from? What are we create, you know, creation where like, what is our creation origin story? Um, and so it starts with that and it tells this family's different view that we were actually created the events that created our universe, the entire known universe as it is, uh, were a much larger scale society that was affected um, and, and cast off from that and, and what that means to the world. And that's the general backdrop setting from there. The story grows out very much. Um, the, the first book is set entirely in our world with these individuals. But as time goes on, um, it becomes very clear that. I don't know if you're able to hear. I, I well, I'm kind of dealing with some, uh, some of it myself. Because yes, I, I, I hear I think I hear your dog, but my dog. I mean, you saw the one. Yeah, I saw the one come in. I'm sorry. Like, um, I have no idea what she's wanting or what is going on. And she is never like this. And she's just over here whining with her. And it's like, I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> uh, well, and, the, the, the one dog who just turned one loves to torture the cat. And the cat's too dumb mm. to realize that she can just run away. So, uh, yeah. So, Okay. But they're not as loud as they normally are, so we'll, but, <laughs> we'll make it work. Yeah, um, and and I and this will give Jeremy some work to edit, or he'll just leave it, or or he'll just leave it in to make me look stupid. Every well, that's what, like I, I did every episode, almost every episode, not every episode, but of the episodes I've listened of you guys, like I always hear like a, a dog bark at some point. There was one where it was like, all right, and that's the uh, that's the call to to sign off and to end it for the night. Yeah, well, because uh, I've got two dogs and two cats. You're never going to hear the two rabbits, so I never bring them up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and then uh, Justin has a dog and kind of a daughter. I mean, like his current girlfriend, or like not current. I mean, she's been there for five years. Came with a daughter, so he's kind of you know sort of de facto become the father. But you know, so sometimes that happens. Or, but I know that I know his his girlfriend sits in the other side of the room because every so often she'll say something about what he just said. 
<laughs> but she can't. He wears headphones. She can't hear what we said. She yes, you can only what, hear what he says. Yeah. That's that's currently uh, Tiff was actually sitting in in the same room, like just over there, the entire like first half of everything that we were talking. Um, she wasn't she wasn't saying anything. I'm sure she was just uh, laughing at the at the one sided conversation because she's only hearing what I'm saying. Yeah. So because Jess is never in the room, Jess is always pretty much in bed or not here. Oh, nice. Well, Tiff is Tiff is a uh, is uh, super chill and very quiet. So she was uh, she she didn't have any to Which I told her, I was like, if you say something, I won't hear you. So it's like if you're talking to me, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to respond really. Well, but Jess, no, Jess has to go to work. Cool. She get Jess gets up at three thirty to go to work. So Ooh, she, she goes to bed earlier than I do. So it uh, it gives me a chance to to do stuff like this. Uh, all right, understandably so, anyway, so. Well, well, you know. All right, so back to. So what the, back around? What yeah. exactly? Or not not exactly, but what like what feeds you? Like what what content do you consume that that like inspires you? I am I'm so glad that you asked that because there's a ton, and I think it's something that for me, I, I I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm unique by any stretch of the means. But I, I feel like from what I've seen from other authors and particularly like people that I've read and people that are um, that much different in, I, I read, um, I play a lot of video games, I watch a lot of films. So any, any gripping storytelling medium, I actually, I mean, I listen to podcast uh, content. I ask people that like do like the old school style, you know, radio shows that they've brought them back in podcast format and things like that. So like, really like I consume all kinds of stuff. And I think that's, it's one of the things that I definitely, I by no means read as much as probably most that your, your average author, you know, you look at like um, Stephen King that, that I forget how much, like, it's crazy to hear him talk about like how many books he reads in a given year. And it's like, I, I can never read that. Like I do not read that much. Um, and it's, but it's, I, I still, so, so all kinds of stuff. Um, like I do a lot of audiobooks. I drive, um, a lot for work. So audiobooks has always has become over the past, like six or seven years have become like a cornerstone of it. Um, but I watch shows. So, I mean, any, any good, well-done narrative, um, I'm very interested. So, I mean, whether it's, you know, whether it's playing a, mass effect or the witcher series uh or which i, I don't know i guess witcher is a cheat because it's a book and a game series and also now a show i, I heard that i heard you guys talking about that on a, on one of the episodes and like i was trying to like talk into the episode i was like i know i could explain this i know this story <laughs> it was like you guys are trying it was like was it a book first or was i was like it was a polish book that eventually came stateside when the game came stateside but the game doesn't cover everything that the book series covers and i was just like i could i could answer this question (laughs) yeah i mean sometimes our our lack of knowledge is is astounding um but but then your knowledge is amazing you guys have so much information i'm like oh my gosh how did you how did you know that um a lot of it is that at 43 um i just i've been around for a while Mm -hmm, um but, you know, like, I remember, like, when I, even as far back as when I used to, when, when I lived in Memphis, when I was closer to you guys, um, mm. when I watched movies, like, I just retain information in a way that, like, I don't see other people retaining that information. I'm, um, I, I'm there with you. So I'm, I'm, I'm years behind, I'm, you know, a decade behind you, but 
my my brain functions similarly people joke i'm sure you get this constantly i'm i'm the you know person with all the useless trivia yep in which is kind of like david is our our both of our relatives which i don't know what day he's my uncle i don't know what he so is he's, to you in he's my actual cousin yeah he's your like direct yeah yeah direct direct cousin um it, it's like him like he just he just has like random factoids that it's like where like why why does this have any context so in relation? clearly clearly that's where the family uh, resemblance that's, is like that's, yeah you know, it's, a, it's a genetic yeah that's mark, where the genetic is yeah like, mark I was think, the same way mark yeah. had all kinds of information where it's like where do you like you See, just store I, this and stuff i i mean obviously i think i've spent more time with david i remember mark but not as well um, but I do remember the couple times we would go out and visit. Mark was the one who was definitely into the like when I had my transformers, he knew what all that stuff was. Where yes. your, where your grandfather, my uncle, would be like, What are these nerd things? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. That was a Mark Mark would have fit in in perfectly with, with this conversation, all of yeah. these things. So much of the, the stuff when I've listened to the podcast, I've heard stuff, and I'm like, oh man, I could totally like that's that's something that Mark would have been all over. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like you guys, and it is, it's just like the crazy information. I was listening to one of your podcasts. Um, you guys were talking about, uh, I think you, you was you had brought it up. Um, well, you, you're kind of like the news aggregate of the yeah of the system. Um, and you had brought up the uh, the some South American vice president <laughs> who had owned a soccer team who had yeah, made himself yeah. a player on the soccer team. And you were talking about like, does he play? And immediately, I thought of a, I don't know if you saw it, the there's the Sasha Baron Cohen movie, The Dictator. I haven't I, even seen the movie. I don't I've know. I've seen it. I heard of it, but I never, yeah, I never saw but it. There's a scene from it where he's running, like they have like a track competition and he's running like a hundred meter race and he's running in it and he takes off running first, but he like, he has the gun the, to, to, to signal the start of the race. <laughs> so he starts running and then he shoots the gun to signal the start. And then like, as someone starts to catch up with him, he like shoots them and turns back and like somebody else is cute. And he shoots them and he's just like still running, like winning the race. And then eventually just like waves the finish line and like they bring the ribbon up closer to him so that he can finish and he wins the race. And it was like that whole, you, you guys are saying that I just wanted to chime and I was like, Oh man, this is, this is that Sasha Baron Cohen movie. It's like, yeah. it's like yeah. you, you, you're, you're the, essentially the like small partial ruler of a small country in South America who owns stuff and also does drug trafficking. So you're probably corrupt as all get out. And, and, yeah. and then it's just like, yeah, yeah. You play for the team when they're there at the home games. And if anyone does anything wrong, it's just like, I'll oh, shoot you. <laughs> probably no. yeah <laughs> who's gonna say anything uh we we had to cut this guy from the team uh don't ask where he is he's no longer he's no longer around he's left the country he doesn't belong here anymore yeah uh, yeah that yeah that would that was a fact yeah i because i i will i will aggregate all the you know the, the stories or anything that that i i feel like talking about i mean they're more than welcome to bring anything but I mean, I, I've made the joke before, and it's not true anymore. But at the beginning, that Justin didn't bring anything to the table; he was just there. Uh, oh, and then there was the—I uh, listened to the Treehouse of Horror episodes where he <laughs> watched every right, which is, why it's, which is why it's not true anymore. And I've I've had to apologize <laughs> to him m- multiple times because in this in this new version of the podcast, I I could say that there have been times where he's done more work than I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was so funny it was like i watched every episode and like made an entire list i was like oh my god <laughs> this is so much I, well, work. when he really started it was the adam sandler bracket 
Uh, oh, oh, I haven't listened to that one oh, yet. I need what, to, it's, I need to it's check that. earlier in the run, and that's when, when, when that's it wasn't the first bracket that we did, but it was like the first one where we're like, oh, this is fun. Like, fig- once we figured out how to make, because he was the one who figured out, broke the code on how to make the bracket and make it work. Like he so just took, use the IMDb score. And- well, he took the IMDb score uh, and like two other scores, and then just added them all together. Just do an aggregate, nice. So nice. like, they all had a, a a number attached to them, so we could he could put them on the bracket in a not just be like, well, I like this one better, I like this one better. Like it had a number. Like, yeah, you had a, a smooth seating there, yeah. like an actual natural seating, and then you can go right. from there. So yeah, that that that's. And that's, I think that's why this podcast has become a lot more obsessed with, with brackets recently because, <laughs> because it's been a lot of fun making them. Um, and then just kind of, you know, we have discovered, we did an episode where we let um, the guy who does the other guy who does media pod smash. Cause Jeremy has media pod smash and pop culture roulette. We let yes. him do, we, we let him do an episode of, of pop culture roulette. So there was four of us and we did a girl scout bracket. A Girl Scout cookie bracket. Girl Scout cookie bracket. Okay. I like it. I like Um, it. But for people doing the bracket, there was a lot of like ties where we had to like convince somebody to change a vote. Yeah, you need need an uneven number. We either needed to add a fifth or drop the fourth, you know, so just keep it. Well, if you you ever need a fifth again, if you ever find that you need a fifth, let me know. I'll I'll gladly be. There's a reason why the Supreme Court only has nine judges. Like you got to have a tiebreaker. Yeah. Otherwise, you just, right. you're stuck at a stalemate. My, my next question, I, I believe I know the answer to this based off of the artwork hanging on the wall behind you. Um, I was going to say Marvel or DC and then defend your choice. But I, so I'm going I'm guessing you're DC. So, well, actually, um, I, I, man, I'm tough. I'm a little bit more towards the middle. Um, these are actually my wife's that you're seeing. Ah. In the background. Um, she is, she is definitely much more DC. Um, I think, I think for a lot of the stuff I do, um, I, I, I like a lot of, a lot of DC um, in it. And see, this is where it's tough in comic book form. It's a much different discussion, of course, than in Absolutely. film adaptations. Um but uh, I don't know. There's a, a lot of the dark and grittiness that is in prevalent with a lot of the uh, with a lot of the things in the DC uh, universe are really really enjoyable. But I also think it's really unfair because it's like when I say DC, like I like DC and I do like a variety of DC. What I really love is Gotham, like yep. everything that's tied to Gotham. Just you know, not just Batman. Like I'm a huge Red Hood fan. I really really enjoy um, from the original you know format going off of the. Uh, um, the death in the family arc and then coming back to the original uh, rebirth of Jason Todd as Red Hood. But even then the newer stuff that they've done, like I love that the Batwoman um, series that they've done within it, but just like, and of course everything Batman has done over the years, like is, is arguably some of the best literary works. So that's like, it's it, the, if the bias is there, I think that those pull so much heavy. Cause then on the flip side, like I personally hate Superman. I think, I think Superman is just like, I used to I used to really enjoy it, but it's like you're the Boy Scout. Like you're just my, my just... argument with 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 Superman is that in the hands of a good writer, he can be yes. amazing. But yes. he's in a in a writer that is is either just average or, or not good, he's so boring because he's the so only, boring. like there's like there's nothing that can beat him. 
but you know, there, well, yeah, there's, there's nothing that can beat you. You're, you're, you're infinitely powerful. And, and then what you choose to do with that infinite power when not constructed well, it is just like, Oh my gosh, like but this is just when, dull. when my friend Craig owned at the comic book store, I tended to buy more Marvel than DC. I just mm-hmm. found Marvel vastly more interesting and entertaining. Um, like, but I still bought pretty much all the Batman stuff. It was like, whatever yeah. Batman's doing. I mean, any, anything, Marvel, in, like, yeah, anything in the Batman world, I'm interested. So Marvel is a little bit different for me. Um, so like, I really, really enjoy a lot of the stuff within the X-Men side of the Marvel universe. That in particular um, has some, some depth to it that I really, really enjoy. Um, and then there's a number, I don't know, Marvel's tricky because they've had so many good, uh, authors that have that have come through that have worked with them on stories uh, and and various ones. So like you've got the uh, the, the pieces that Jeff Loeb did with them. Um, he did a, a Hawkeye piece and a Hulk piece um, with it, which he's also done this stuff with DC as well. But like those pieces are really really good um, story arc. So th- there's some some variety there. I like I like a lot of Marvel's overall universe and things that are going on. I think it's it's a bit of a bittersweet conversation to have for me currently, because I'm currently becoming exhausted with the Marvel cinematic universe, which to say that to a Marvel person is just like, you just committed sacrilege and said that, you know, the, 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 it like, it, it's, it's so intense, but like, it's just so much like the Marvel universe cinematic universe has grown so big where it's like, I don't want to keep up with all of this. I, I do. Fe- I do fear with them really getting into the Disney plus stuff. That, that oh, yes. is that is a problem for that will be a problem, especially if they're going to really link the movies to the TV shows. Um, yeah, that's yeah, especially if you look at like look at the the calendar layout currently of what they have coming, and it's just like yeah, every three just, months a movie, and every other couple I mean, of months of a show. I'm I'm definitely much more of a, of a Marvel acolyte than than a DC guy, but. Yeah, and when they're like, we're gonna put out four movies, like I was like, man, I was happy when it was one or two mm-hmm. movies a year. Yeah, but I I think that's what happened to Agents of Shield is that it just got so much that they were like, we have to go off and do our own thing. We can't continue to try to work within within the movies. Like when it was just like one or two a year, it was easy. But now you're doing like three or four. Like, <laughs> and and that's where and this is where like to you know. It, that's a great reflection of comics because you look at the DC Marvel, whatever, you know, the verses that you're within. I have never at any point in my comic book reading been a read everything within right. a, a universe spectrum. You know, like I'll have my, like, like when, a, for example, like when new 52 launch, I did with, for DC in what, 2010, 2011. I did like, I read the first volume of every of the new 52 and checked them all out. And then I got, you know, two dozen of, of the volume twos. I probably not even that much of it. It was probably like, like, you know, 12 to 15 of the ones. It was like, okay, I really like these ones. These are really good. Ones. And it's like, that's the thing with comics. Like I never read every arc that right. is going on at a given time. And with the Marvel cinematic universe, the way it's currently going is like, you have to watch all of the stuff. And it's like, that's just too much for me in a single universe that 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 also never really and this is where i I struggle too is like i love the marvel stuff it's really really good but it also at least from the cinematic aspect not so much in the comics is it it reaches those points but 
I don't feel like the cinematic universe ever really reaches the the heights of just like groundbreaking, gripping storytelling that you see in um, in other like smaller works. You look at like uh, like a Raised by Wolves on HBO or um, like Midnight Mass on Netflix that are some like really really unique storytellings or um, even like the new Watchmen iteration on HBO. Um, Westworld. <laughs> Westworld, yes. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, Westworld. You know, especially season yeah. one of Westworld, where it's like this is new, this is revolutionary, this is well, something very, very different. And that's, and, and that, and that's where I think a lot of people get kind of uh, torn is that they feel like they have to have it all in one and the other. Like I, yes. I enjoy yes. Marvel. I, I enjoy Marvel, and I like watching, you know, most of it. There's been a couple that have been, eh, whatever. But. Um, like I don't necessarily need, like if I if I want to watch that you know something deep or something whatever like that's what I have those other shows for, you know that that's what that stuff is for. If I want to just veg out on Cobra Kai for a weekend, like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah you it's... know, like I don't need I don't need to think too heavily, you know, for for the next you know couple of days. That's what I'm gonna watch, <laughs> you know. That's, you know, that's where, you know, I don't have to be one or the other. I can, I can play in both worlds. Uh, which, which I will agree with. I think it's, I, I agree that I, I can play in both worlds there as well. Cause I mean, like I can easily like want my heavy, heavy story iterations. And then I can also watch for me, uh, like we've been uh, finishing up the latest season of what we do in the shadows. Oh um, my God. I love Finally, somebody that I can talk to about that show. To fucking love what we do in the shadows. I love the original with, with the the movie with Takiti yes. Watiti in well, it. I um, I hunted that movie down intentionally because of of uh, <laughs> the um, oh, the the Jermaine Clement and uh, oh yes yeah yeah Jermaine Clement the um, 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 Flight of the Concords Flight of the Concords because because yes. I love Flight of the Concords. Yeah, I heard about yeah. uh, what we do in the shadows, so I, I I hunted that movie down and I loved it. So when they were like, "We're going to do a TV show," I was like, "Okay, that's weird. I don't know how you're going to do a show off of that, but I think I love the show almost more than I love the original." Hey, movie. I've come to love the show. I mean, like Nando have, the Relentless, and I have no idea. Where I never relent. <laughs> no idea where they're going with season four, but man, I... don't spoil anything. We're in season three right now. We're not finished. Oh, okay. Um, uh, because I I kept up with it because I have Hulu. So that's what we we just yeah we got set up on Hulu and are and are okay. catching up with. We're about halfway through. Oh, okay. All season right. three, so we then, we got back I from will... Atlantic City. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the Atlantic City episode. That was, was great. I, I was loved great. that episode. All right, I'm not going to talk any more about it because I I don't necessarily remember the exact order of how everything we'll, happens. We'll 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 do a comeback to this. Okay, I'll, all right. We'll finish here in the next little bit, and then you and I'll do another. We'll just do a what we do in the shadows recap discussion. Okay, all right. Um, okay, because I didn't want to do just a standard boring interview of just you know this and that. I had to th- I had to come up with a couple of questions that were, were kind of oddballs. Oh, so yes. if, if you could wedgie anyone in history, who would it be? Ooh, if, wait, is this uh, historical or fictional? Are we doing like real, real, real world or are we doing fictional characters? I, I originally envisioned it uh, as, as real world, but you can go okay. any way with it you want. I mean, it's. Okay, so if I could, if I could go, if I could go fictional, 
I would have to do um, Dolores Umbridge from okay. Harry Potter. Yep, yeah, yeah. All right, was, I get that one. Was one she of the most. It. Oh my gosh! Like, and and I give like phenomenal credit to um, both both in the book, but then like props to that actress who who played her in the Harry Potter film because she did a phenomenal job with it because yes. she is just so hateable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, now history, like if I were to go historical, hmm, that's. That's a little that's a little tougher, man, because I'm I'm trying to think like is it has to be someone who is like who 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 is pompous and 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 so like full of so for me that would it has to be like a like a, a bring you down to reality um type aspect. Uh I might actually this is this is gonna be a weird one. Um I'm gonna go with um with a uh, uh, Henry Henry the Eighth, okay, Henry the Eighth. That was a uh, he was. Well, let me make sure I'm getting my numbers right. Henry the Eighth is had the six wives. Yeah, he's the one who, who, who every time his wife gave him a daughter, he'd kill him. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 also on top of that, and seeing this is where this is the the backtrack into that. My initial thought started to be Shakespeare because <laughs> Shakespeare Shakespeare served. I love Shakespeare. I'm, I'm a huge huge Shakespeare fan. But Shakespeare was also a huge like propaganda puppet for King Henry VIII. Um, like if you look at the uh, the King uh, Richard the Third story, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the information in um, in Shakespeare's play is absolute. Like there's a ton of fabrication, and but it's because Henry VIII was pressuring Shakespeare to to like spin this tale of of how. And so, so a lot of his works, like Henry VIII gets that part on it so i would have to say henry the eighth yeah okay and just like all, right. all of the stuff that he did in in pushing the state to to like change the, the functions like changing the the entire like church of england to allow this stuff all just because it, you're you're just a shit like it's really that was all of it at the end of the day it's like you're a shit and you can't own up to it and and all of that so yeah if i if i hit that henry all the right eighth, because I, I was thinking I was going to have to ban the word Hitler, but, you know, hey, you're the first one up and you didn't go there. So maybe, <laughs> no, I, I, maybe Hitler, I Hitler definitely like that. Obviously, like that's one that I think probably rises to the surface for people is it like an easy thing. But the problem is, I think I think that's the product of someone who in a metaphysical sense has been wedged. Yeah. If, if we're being completely honest, like, I think that's right. what that comes like. It's like, I don't think you're. I think I think you're missing the thing there. It's like you need to unwedge that person, okay, and, and right. not and not create that monster. All right. Now, as now as somebody who hasn't listened to the podcast for a long time, you've probably never because it hasn't come. up. I don't feel like it's come up in a while. But I have made the claim that I have never cried at a movie, at least as an adult or as you know, as somebody who wasn't a small child. I'm sure when I was six, there were movies that made me cry. I've been told that that makes me an unfeeling, uh, emotionless monster. <laughs> but so I, I, I ask, what what movies or TV show has has made you cry? I'm oh, I'm the worst person to ask of that because I am like so easily like can get into an emotional state. Like even from like I, I could joke and say that like. I could act in the sense that like I could almost cry on command if I just like think about the right thing from an emotional perspective. Um, so 
so that's the uh that the, like I'll preface with that and then I'll I'll follow up with I'm a dad now um and I have I have a little girl uh she's 3 now so definitely like anything relating to to dad and daughter stuff um even just like parenting stuff like can really really quickly um get me there uh, for example like my um, a good friend of uh, a great friend our one of our closest family friends um i joke all the time that every time um we'll, we'll go over and visit them on their uh, on their houseboat uh and and he has like a playlist that is just like the collection of all of the like sad dad daughter songs like you know like every country music song and every okay, song of right, like yeah. you know she loved me first you know as you're like marrying the daughter off of like and he'll just play that and I'm like why do you do this like I just want to go sit in a corner and cry like endlessly it's like why how do you listen to this nonstop so but that um so that's a preface there I would say with that all in mind if I were to think of like a single scene that could is was without a doubt a, a, a scene that would punch me in my gut the hardest. It is the scene in Interstellar after Matthew McConaughey uh, and um, and Hathaway come up from the world that had the like harsh gravitational shifts that was was causing the tidal waves where it was um, because they were so close to the black hole. Um, okay. It was actually time is moving slower within that. So for every hour, it was like something like for every hour spent on there, it was like seven, seven years or something like that. Um, and he gets back up and in that little like fraction of a time. And I think it's such a, a beautiful, the, like just small, small little pocket of explaining parenthood. Um, he's down on the planet. I mean, they're down there for a couple of hours and comes back up and his little girl that he had left, who was like 12 years old, Murph at the time, um, is fully grown. And he's watching that video, that, that, that scene. Have you seen Interstellar? No, unfortunately I somehow I, I keep missing that movie. Oh, oh, well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard enough about it to, to know that I should watch it. You but. should there th- this scene particularly. Um, I'm I'm spoiling some spoilers for everybody out there that hasn't seen uh, Interstellar. I apologize. Uh, but when Matthew McConaughey comes up from that, and there is essentially a time lapse where for them, you know, only a few hours has passed, but it's something like 20 years has passed in 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 the, everyone else's time, and he watches a video like he's getting video feeds from his kids. And and he's getting video feeds from them now as adults. You know, this was this oh. was just a couple hours ago for him, but that's relativity, and relativity is a cruel bitch if yeah. if you're really dealing with it. Uh, and and his daughter finally comes on and is talking to him. I'm gonna lose it just trying to say it. Um, anybody needs to watch it, that scene and like props to Matthew McConaughey. Uh, he does a fantastic job acting with it. So is Jessica Chastain who plays the grown-up Murph, but there is like, and it's a, like, it's such a small little pocket of like, Hey, welcome to parenthood. You're just going to look up one day. And then this adulthood, I mean, it doesn't have to just be parenthood. It's like, you're going to look up one day and be like, Oh my God, all of time passed in, in an instant. And I don't know where it went. And it all just like disappeared all of the sudden. And now every, like all the world has, has changed and, and moved in, in that all sense. Right. So. so I'll have to add interstellar to my list and watch it and see if I can break the streak. But I mean, the, oddly enough, the closest thing that's ever gotten me to almost cry. Did you watch Futurama? Yes, yes, yes. I watched the Futurama. Jurassic Park episode <laughs> where where his dog 
of just like he gets frozen and his dog keeps coming back to the pizza place. Yes, yes, that, just keeps coming back, keeps that, coming back. That almost got me. Like it, it really <laughs> like that one. That one is. I mean, I, I, you know, I have a thing for dogs. Uh, uh, obviously, I have two of them, but uh, uh, I guess two years because the one's almost the one just turned two. So yeah, just over two years ago, we had to put uh, our fourteen-year-old down, and that was that. I mean, that wasn't a movie; that was real life. That made me cry. Like that, that's yeah for days. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that what was, and... that was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And that is the, I mean, that's the closest relation that you can, can give, like, uh, I would say to like understanding, um, with like, cause it is, I mean, for people that have like, they becomes family, it's a family member yeah. at that point. So like so, passing of a family member in real world, that functions differently. So, so from that, yeah, a film perspective, so, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to think of something else. Old, uh, uh, old yeller. You do watch, yeah. what about, what about old yeller? I've never actually where, watched where, it, but I, where the red fern grows. <laughs> uh, I think I read the book when I was in middle school. So that one. So I probably saw. Yeah. So I, I'm sure like if I was to watch some of those, like, you know, like watch maybe if I because when I bought the house that I, I currently live in, um, the guy was a bit of a hoarder. So we left a lot of stuff behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I now own Old Yeller because I found it in a, in a stack of DVDs that I got. If, to own. if you watch that, that will probably that will probably get you. Maybe, maybe. Because that's the that's the him having to do the putting down for sure. Because because the wife will cry at the drop of a hat. Um that's me. That's me. It doesn't take it. All right. All right. So oh wait. So oh hold on, I'll give you that. Oh man, hold on. I had one that I was gonna give you as a uh, as a challenge. What was it? Uh it was it was involving dogs and animals. Oh no. Uh as I say on the other human side. Completely flipping, but it, but has a similar context. First book that I ever remember crying in, and it's a story that to this day can get me. And if you haven't read and watched it, you should. Uh, of Mice and Men. Okay, I've heard. I mean, that's one of those books that I, I hear about, and a lot of people talk about. And for some reason, I managed to escape being forced to read that one in high school. So I read it voluntarily. I didn't know what I was getting into. We had like a, a slew of books that I could choose and I chose that. And man, looking back on it, I'm like, dear God, that was yeah. such a brutal one. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so give that one a try of my okay. men could potentially get you. All right. Uh, last question. And then we'll wrap it up. If you could live in any fictional world. Um, Man, it's it's lame. Like I'm I'm such a space person. So like anything space is gonna is gonna get huge huge points for me. The uh, the ability to to travel in in that context. Um, so I would I would have to like is as lame as well. Star Wars, just the Ooh. universe that of, of Star Wars, like in the expanded universe of just like yeah. all of that that it has to go out with. Oh, that um, would be a good one. Yeah. That's yeah. Cause I could say, I mean, like there's other, like more close to home aspects, like Star Trek also, you know, going into spacefaring and things like that. But like Star Wars in that level of just like this big, massive galactic um, this universe that you have to work with. That one would probably have to be. Well, Cause you know, like I, I immediately I'm like, well, Marvel, cause that'd be so awesome. Like to have Spider-Man and Iron Man, but then like, if you're not one of them, if I'm not one of them, if you're not one of them, it's a terrible world because yeah. everything, 
everything is constantly blowing up. Yeah, just like all like every time I turn around, oh, there's a traffic jam. Why is there a traffic jam? Oh, well, the bridge blew up. Some, you know, some supervillains blowing up the bridge. Yeah, that's boring. That's not some, fun. Some some alien race just showed up that we didn't know about. Yeah, we had no clue about, and we were just having to deal with it. Yeah, it was like Star Wars for me. Like I would say, like that's an established universe. You're there. It's a yeah. big, massive, you know, just like in, insane um, interconnectivity. And even if you were, you know, a, a common peasant within that, it'd still be some really cool stuff that you would get to do. Um, right. Sure, cool. I, I would love to be like a fun person within that, but if not, at least I could I could have still a cool basic everyday life. Yeah. All right. Well, um, all right. So real quick, just so everybody knows where to to, to find the book or, or get a get a hold of whatever it is you're you're promoting your your company. Where what are where are we looking? Um, well, for me, you can find me on all social media platforms. It's uh, Rise Publishing is the publishing company. It's Rise like to to, to rise up um, publishing. So you can find that on all social media platforms as well as our website, risepublishing.org. Um, you can search for me. Ryan Duncan, uh, Ryan spelled R-I-O-N, like a lion. So I always explain how it's spelled for folks. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ryan Duncan. Um, and then, I mean, for the book, main thing is go check out the book. The uh, The preview is up on, on our website, on uh, the risepublishing.org website. You can actually read the prologue in the first four chapters of the book. Okay. Um, I think on the Amazon Kindle preview, you can read the first like two and a half chapters so if you want more, you can read the first like quarter of the book on the nice like 10% of the book. You can read the first like 10% of the book. And if it's a book for you, if it's something that you like, keep reading it, buy it. Um, and if not, then you know it's not a book for you. And that's perfectly fine. All right. Well, so uh, I don't really have a good way of normally I have some things that have built in that I can I can kind of figure out how to wrap this up, but uh I mean, I guess if if you aren't a good writer of Superman, just remember, uh, stupid never walks alone. Yes. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much.